welcome back to I wasn't prepared, prepared for this. this. I wasn't prepared prepared to say it. <laughs> That's um, okay. <laughs> with Student Support Services, I'm Bailey. And I'm Lindsay. And on this episode, we will be discussing the variety of basic needs that show up in classrooms with both students and adults. And on this episode, you might also be seeing us on video. This is our second episode, a bonus inaugural episode of our podcast. We actually figured the video out. So you're welcome to watch the video version if you want to see our, our smiling faces. And our brand new cups that we got. Cheers! <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start with a question. Okay. Um, Bailey, what do you make sure to have so you're ready for the day? Like, the what day? do you need to do to be ready for the day, just in general? Okay. I wake up, and the first thing I think about when I open my eyes is, are my sheets straight? And are they going to be pulled up on my husband's side? How much straightening do I have to do? Because mm -hmm. the very first thing I do before I even turn the lights on is make my bed. Well, I felt that um, in my soul because <laughs> somehow my husband manages to mess up the bed uh, like an insane amount. And when I'm making the bed, I'm like, I have to remove the entire comforter to straighten this out. That's exactly what I mean. And so it gives me anxiety to think about how much work it's about to be for me to make the bed. Mm -hmm. I will also wake myself up in the middle of the night if I feel the sheets just, just a little wrinkled. I will get out of bed to straighten them. <laughs> okay, wait. So are you one of those people who tucks their sheets under? Yes. Ooh. What do you, you mean? You don't do that? Oh, how do you move? You don't. You, you don't. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I understand why, why Kevin's trying to, like, get a little corner out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you just sleep. When you mm. go to sleep, you're there you are. <laughs> you, you don't toss and turn all night? Well, flash forward. Mm -hmm. I make the bed, right? Mm -hmm. And then I turn on the light. I walk out, and my poor children, guess what I, I say? I, of course, good morning. What's the next words out of my mouth? Did you move the sheets in your sleep? No. <laughs> Remember to make your bed. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I have to do whenever I get my day started. What about you? Um, I also make my bed. Okay. That's not as one of the first things, but I cannot leave without making my bed like if I'm gonna go do something like I will go to get ready and then I will make the bed before I walk out of my bedroom why do you think it is that we have to have our bed made why does that make us feel like we're ready for the day I mean I don't know I don't know if it's like you feel like you accomplished something maybe or like when I come home like I'm not gonna have a whole mess I think that's what it is because I don't like to come home and things be out of place yes if, if, when I get home the first thing I do is walk around the house and tidy and straighten. Same. I won't even, like, say hi to the dog. I probably won't say, I sound like a horrible mother. I won't <laughs> say anything to anybody who lives in the house. It's, like, straightening up mm -hmm. time. Yeah, it's serious. I think you're right. It's, I got to have everything in place because it makes me feel, I guess, where I, it's not on my mind. Mm -hmm. It's checked off. I don't have to worry about it. So that's just a basic thing that you need. But what about for the school day when you're getting ready for work? Are there things that you need to absolutely have to make you feel prepared? Well, in a classroom setting, when I had my own classroom, I would like to sit in the dark and drink my coffee for like a minimum of three to five minutes, just to kind of like sit with it. And then... I would tidy 
and then get ready for the kids to walk in. That's what I would do. So those are your basic needs. Yeah, I clean. Clean. It's got to be not even really clean, just tidied. Organized. Organized. Yeah. So what about you? Walking into the school day or to the work day, what what do you need? Um, I agree. I would like to walk in, sit down, also have some coffee, get there early, not ready to see anybody or greet anybody mm-hmm. until I've processed like, okay, this is what I have to do today. Make sure all of my supplies are ready. Yeah. Like we talked about in the last episode right. and, um, then I'm ready. Okay. So thinking of like, you keep saying need, need mm-hmm. what we need. Like it's making me think of like Maslow's hierarchy. Yes. So every human has the need mm-hmm. of something, right? And we know what they are. Um, Let's see, we, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. What is socio, phys, physiological yeah, factors so you like first? Food, yeah, food, water, shelter, all of those things. Right. What's after that? Uh, we should look it up. Maybe something with, like, relationships, possibly. Look on your paper. <sighs> we talked about it before. What are they? Okay, so we have safety needs. Safety, what is that? Um feeling like you are safe somewhere. So securing your environment, like there's, there's, it's predictable. You Mm -hmm. have routines established. You know what to expect throughout the day. There's Mm -hmm. nothing that's going to jump up and surprise you. Nothing's going to throw you off. Yeah. Okay. Um, Love and belonging, which is, you know, safe in your relationships too. That's another piece to it. So you have to be able to have the needs to survive on the daily. Like, Like you're going to live. Yep biologically and then you have to feel safe within your environment so you're not scared to be there you're you're steady and established in that place and then beyond that you want to feel connected to the other people in the environment around Mm -hmm. you so then you start to kind of build connections after that exactly okay um and the next one is esteem okay so then back within yeah back within i feel good about myself as compared to those around me and I feel confident interacting with them. Yeah. Okay. And the last one is uh, self-actualization. Ooh, tell me more. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like you have desires and you can actually accomplish those desires and, and like be and, your best self. Be, yes. That's when you're truly thriving. And, yes. Okay. You want to be your best self. Absolutely. Okay. So thinking of that, Moving through Maslow's hierarchy, do you think that there's things for students stepping into the classroom? We know what, what we need from for ourselves to feel successful for our day. It sounds like I'm very much at the safety level most yeah. of the time. I don't want any surprises in my environment, and I want it to be steady, calm, and collected. I feel like that's where I'm at. Yeah. For me to move past that, I have to establish that for myself every day. What do yeah. you think about the students walking in? And, and I think that being an adult, you're able to do that for yourself, right? And sometimes yeah. it doesn't happen and that may have a, well, it probably does have a negative impact on your day. And I think that we need to always consider that as an adult, we are mostly in control of things usually, mm-hmm. but as a child, there are so many things that are out of your control that may have you feeling like your basic needs are not being met. Met. And I also think too, sometimes uh, when 
we think of children and what they need. Sometimes we think we know better as an adult what mm. somebody needs, and we don't take that as seriously because they're a child. We make assumptions that we think they need based on our own needs, but we're not seeing them for who they are and where they are. Right, which I think it's so important to realize that, you know, children are people too, mm -hmm. and they also have opinions and preferences and their own needs, and right. it's important to really listen and consider what they're saying instead of just assuming, assuming you know what they need. Right. So when I think about kids walking into the classroom, like you said, have, having a, their own um, you know, preferences and needs and precipitating factors mm -hmm. that they're walking in with, I hear us saying that whenever we're in the classroom as teachers, of course, there's a responsibility to be aware of the needs in the environment that you're, you're orchestrating, mm -hmm. right? Like we talked about the orchestration of the classroom environment last episode. But thinking about not making assumptions of those students and then also not assuming that you can fix everything either. Right. It's not the responsibility because that would be enormous. And, yeah. and no human can completely fulfill another human, whether they be adult or child. Um, but I think it's important to know that as teachers, in my mind, we're not solely responsible for every single one of their needs, but we are responsible to be aware that they have them mm -hmm. and to our, do our best to meet them as most appropriate. But we can't fix everything. No. Yeah. But I think it's important to be aware and curious about what your students' needs are because yeah. I think sometimes we see a student misbehaving or there is a student who has their head on their desk and you know, it's easy to be like, well, you're not paying attention or you're just yelling because you want to distract the class. Right. But there's a need behind that behavior and it's important to try to figure out what the need is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I hear you saying you have to figure it out. When I think of figuring a need out, we talked about not assuming things. Yes. So just ask. Exactly. You could ask a four-year-old, yep. a three-year-old, a two-year-old, what do you need from me right now? Yep. Or why do you feel this way? Or like you talked about the kid with his head down on his desk, mm -hmm. high, fifth, fifth, fifth grader or even a 10th grader. Instead of assuming they are willfully misbehaving and yes. they want to disengage or they um, don't want to participate, first assume nothing, instead ask, Hey, I noticed you have your head down. Is yeah. everything okay? What can I do to help you get back mm -hmm. and engage in this lesson right now? Or what can I do to help you? Or just something something simple. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't know, right? Like we yeah. said. And once you do know, maybe your response is going to be different. And that's going to create a connection because you're going to respond differently than just assuming, mm -hmm. hey, I think that you just aren't wanting to participate in this lesson. Right. Maybe you don't understand. Maybe your head's down because you didn't get any sleep last night because mm -hmm. who, who knows the reason your parents are fighting or you're, yeah. you don't have a home or whatever the reason may be. Um, but that response can create a connection. Yeah. 
and help you save time not trying to guess what's going on instead right. respond in, in the most appropriate way mm -hmm. that directly meets a need builds a connection and yep. creates the opportunity for further connections down the road mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so we talked about Maslow's basic needs I feel it's kind of leaning into some other kind of needs, right? So we talked about the physiological. What are they again? Uh, safety, the safety, love and belonging. Stop there. Okay. Love and belonging. It makes me think of the foundations material. Let's look at this. Okay. I think, is that module C? This is module okay, C. Okay, so in module C, it talks about basic needs, mm -hmm. but within the realm of love and belonging. So yes. socially and emotionally, what are the basic needs, digging a little deeper, that that humans thrive upon and that they need to mm -hmm. feel fully productive and then you can eventually accomplish that self-actualization. Yep. So what are those needs? Yeah, I really love these ones too okay. and I think that people will connect with them a little more. Mm -hmm. um, so it's acknowledgement. Who doesn't like to be acknowledged? Exactly. Just like, to me, acknowledgement is, I see, that's the notice and narrate. Yep. I just saw you walk in the door and politely greet your your peer. Yeah. You're ready for your day and, you know, what what a nice way to build connections. Right. Or even just a smile. A smile. Right. Look at you. Yeah, that'd be your simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one is recognition. Mm-hmm. And then attention. What's the difference between acknowledgement and recognition? Well, the way I look at it, which mm -hmm. we can look in the book, but the way that I look at it is, you know, acknowledgement um, is like waving or nodding or smiling. Um, and you, when you're recognizing someone, you can recognize them in a way through like your specific feedback. Okay. But I also think like, here's a, a sticker, you did a great job, or here's an award, or like high five. So it could be something very simple with specific verbal praise all the way to like star student award. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, and that is kind of what they said in here, like it's smiling at students, showing interest, greeting them by name for acknowledgement and recognition is like still praising students. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they kind of intersect, they do intersect um, a positive note, certificate, a reward, things like that. Okay. Um, so acknowledgement, recognition, I feel like one of them is going to be something about stimulus and change. Yes. Is it? Is it? Yes. That, I feel like that's me as a person. I need stimulus and change. Yes. I need variety throughout the day. I, I think that's why I was a resource teacher, resource and class supporters, because I liked the variety and I wanted, you know, different things to be happening throughout the day, not just status quo. Yeah. So you never know what's going to happen and you get to go into so many different environments. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I like coaching too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's important too that we're talking about like students need stimulus and change to be engaged. Right. But they also need to have that, those routines and that schedule. Mm -hmm. So it's a balance. So it's a balancing act, right? Because if, I, if every day is the same and mm -hmm. I don't ever expect anything to be different and exciting, I'm going to be in a terrible mood, just like you said. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, we need those things. Um, but also we want to create that safety still. Mm -hmm. um, so attention, attention belonging, belonging, purpose, purpose competence, and nurturing. So let me ask you this. If you are successful in your day, mm -hmm. you start off your day, it's going wonderfully, but then all of a sudden something happens that turns your day upside down, flip 180, now it's a horrible day. What would be that thing for you that would change your day? Okay, so 
this is slightly embarrassing. <laughs> well, tell me more. But when I'm having a bad day, which happens more often than I probably <laughs> would like to admit, um, I will send my husband a text message that will just say, love me. <laughs> oh, you let him know, like, I have a need right now. Yes, just love me. And so he doesn't know, like, he, well, he always write back, I love you. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know. Like, I need words of affirmation better. to help me cope with what's happening. So what is the thing that, that makes you need the love? Um, you know, it can just be a whole bunch of different things. Like, you know, you, you plan for things to happen a certain way and they yeah. don't, or you spill your coffee all over the place, or you forget something, or maybe your day started off poorly already because you forgot to make your bed. Oh, well, that would happen. Right? Yeah. But I'd, I wouldn't forget. <laughs> and then you spiral. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you see me spiral the one day that we go out to lunch and I... Forget everything for my children and for them to function as normal human beings in a restaurant setting. I fall out of my chair. <laughs> you did fall out of your chair. Oh my gosh. I forgot that that happened. You fell out of your chair. I fell out of my chair in front of the entire restaurant. You did. You mm -hmm. did. Yeah. I, Was I, that your breaking point? You went to the bathroom right after that. Did you text your husband, love me? <laughs> no, but I should have. But it's probably because my daughter asked me six times to go to the bathroom. <laughs> we were there and then she was, But anyway, I recovered. I recovered yeah, from yeah. it all. You know, I, I had um, a community and I was yeah, having we were fun there. talking. We were there at the right. table with you and we gave you the love you needed. Yes, so it brought me back. Yeah, yeah. It brought me back. What about you? The thing that switches my day is everything will be going fine and then all of a sudden if I realize that I didn't do something I needed to do, I just unravel and I can't get ahead of it anymore. It's like my brain switches from positive to pessimistic and then from that point on, everything, I see it through the lens of I'm not good enough and then the intrusive thoughts start coming in, mm -hmm. you know, and so it's then, of course, there's no getting ahead of that. Yep. So I have to reset by making my bed the next morning, and then it's like washed away. Better day. Clean Already. sheets. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm ready. But yeah, for me, it's not, I guess, accomplishing something that I, I needed to. So looking at those basic needs, I think for me, it's competence. Yeah. Like if I were to rate them for myself, I would put competence first. And then, you know, what's interesting about competence is that's where the foundations material talks about the equation for motivation. Yes. And so if I look at, like, how I function in that moment, I'm not feeling competent. Right. I think I can't achieve because the intrusive thoughts start, right. right? So then the equation is expectancy multiplied by value equals motivation. So right. if I don't expect to be successful, I don't yep. feel competent in the moment, then even though it has a high value, I'm not motivated. Mm -hmm. So it's like my whole day just is trash. Yep. It's rubbish after that. Yep. And the first time I heard that equation, I was like, whoa, this is like mind blowing. This is life changing because you think about about students is they might value what's going on in your classroom. They might value those connections with, with friends, with you, with all of those things. Yeah. They, they might they want to follow the rules and sometimes they feel like they can't yeah or with I mean not even just behaviorally like academically mm -hmm. socially emotionally all those things if they feel like they can't they're not going to be motivated to do it even if it's something they value so it's the want to mm -hmm. versus the can do mm -hmm. they, they have to feel a high value in both to yes. make it happen yep mm, that's that's deep, Lindsay. Deep, I know. Maybe we should get on to something less deep. Okay, <laughs> okay. let's see. So thinking of 
you know, working through these needs. We know they exist in the classroom. Mm -hmm. We know that there's a responsibility as the adult in the room to be aware of the needs mm -hmm. and to, to be a little reflective in that and think of yourself, but then also think of the needs of others in, in the space. Um, and I think that like you talked about connection and that the connections in the room, that's really on a broader scope. That's classroom culture. Exactly. So classroom culture, let's talk about what that is. What is it? Yeah. What do it, you think it is? To me, classroom culture is students being able to be in your classroom and feel comfortable and welcome, feel like they belong there, feel like they can be successful there. And you can feel when you go into a classroom, even as an adult, like that this classroom culture is great. Everyone mm -hmm. is working together. They're helping each other. They're learning. It feels light. Mm -hmm. And you can go into classrooms and also feel the opposite. Yeah. And I would love to see what the comparison is for learning outcomes in, right. in those in either classroom. Right. That would be a good study. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there is one. I'm sure. We should look at that. <laughs> Next episode. So whenever, I, when I think of classroom culture, I think of that's why I show up somewhere. Not even mm -hmm. classroom culture, culture in general, right? The culture is why I personally am going to show up somewhere. You know, um, you have classrooms where you can tell like the kids are so excited to be there in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the ones like you were talking about is they want to be there for each yep. other. Yes, there's a lot of really amazing other things that are happening in there that only adds to the experience. But I think the collective feeling in the room of the connections that are built, that's classroom culture. But I think what's interesting about that too is it, we can think of it as this very abstract thing that kind of happens or doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. But it, ha it always happens. Right. So, you know, you talked about the difference between a classroom with a super strong, positive classroom mm -hmm. culture. You can also have a classroom with a very strong culture that's not positive. It's right. still just as strong. Mm -hmm. And I think that the difference is, is in one room, the positive classroom culture, that doesn't happen by accident. No. It's very intentionally done versus the classroom that has also a strong culture but maybe is not as positive, mm -hmm. that's where things aren't done with the most utmost of intention. Yes. Accidents happen, and then you, it kind of gets carried away mm -hmm. with. I think, for me, it's the vibe and the feeling of the collective um, re respect mm -hmm. between humans, both students and teachers. Whenever, you know, I think of it like this. Um, Whenever it comes to classroom culture, culture in general, like it's gonna be built whether you build it or not. So you better take intentions in yeah. building the one you want or you'll end up with the one you got. Right. And you may want it or you may not, depending on the classroom. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. It's really important to take that time to make. I mean, it goes back to the basic needs. Make your students feel safe, make them feel loved, make them feel connected to something. And when all of those things are in place, yeah. everyone's going to thrive. And even you, because right. think about it. I mean, I'm sure you've been in classrooms or maybe your own classroom at one point where you left at the end of the day and you were like, oh my gosh, yeah. like, I am exhausted. I do not feel like I could even go back there tomorrow. Yeah, like energy sucking. Yes. Like sucks the life out of you. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good kind of self-check. Yeah. If you go home 
and you leave your your classroom environment and you feel drained and I don't mean exhausted but like exhausted for a really good reason like on field yes. day exhausted right. I mean like emotionally exhausted and you feel kind of ick about it maybe that's a good sign yeah. that something's off with the culture in my room you're not a victim of it you can do something about it right and so that we always need to reflect like yeah. we said reflection so, is key we got to be aware yes yes and in part of that reflection i feel like you have to speak to the students in your classroom mm-hmm. engage how they're feeling but you also need to self-reflect yeah i think there are two pieces to it yeah what are some reflection tools people could use yeah um so i think one of the basic easiest ones that a lot of teachers i think do you know, morning meetings and stuff, but this is a different, this would be like a classroom discussion yeah. about how Which is we, still a tool, it's still right. a strategy because student voice and student feedback, Yep, that is yeah. a, a, amazing and I to think, yeah. them to have a voice and to express and self-advocate their needs mm-hmm. to you, and but you do it in a very um, low risk mm-hmm. way. And, you know, just making sure that they know, like, this is what we're discussing today. You right. know, the culture of our class and what's that mean. So, it, you know, it stays on topic and relevant and they know what kind of feedback you're looking for. Right. Um, there are also some surveys you can give your students. Mm-hmm. You can even give them uh, just a scale. Like, how, how do you feel like... How do you feel when you leave this class? Right. Or when you enter this classroom. Right. When you like enter. Like, a scale, like... Zero, I feel terrible, I'm worried, I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. Four, I feel awesome, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Um, something as simple as that. Um, you can do quizzes, you can mm-hmm. do interviews, those kind of things. And, and I think it would be interesting to do an interview, even with the youngest kids, of course. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, their natural state is to be um, <laughs> polite and to be teacher pleasers. Yes. They want to say all the good things mm-hmm. to make you feel fluffy inside. Yeah. But if it becomes part of the norm in your classroom where it's okay to speak honestly in the right way and in, in the right setting, yep. they will, you know, yep. and their feedback is valuable. I think so, too. And I think of how a student in an older grade might feel if a teacher mm-hmm. had asked them, well, what do you think about this? What do you want? I actually had a teacher that I wasn't really working with last year, but he, well, yeah, I guess I was. He asked me to come into his classroom and he said, I gave the students a survey uh-huh. about what they liked that I was doing in class, what they'd want me to change. And they told him, we, we can't read your hand. One of the things, the feedback they gave was, we can't <laughs> read your handwriting. And so he started to type the notes and have the notes ah, up. So like, that's so simple. Yes. He took their feedback yeah. and he changed things. And it was so exciting to see how much he cared about and what they And I guarantee you, if, if he, he made that small little change, they knew their voice mm-hmm. was heard, and yes. automatically they're invested in that. They He he got buy-in yeah. from that. He was yeah. amazing. He, like, put an apron on so he could, like, give them tickets so they could have, like, extra phone time yeah. if they were following the rules in yeah. the classroom. Yeah. Um, it was a really cool example, but I think that they really appreciated that he was asking for their feedback, yeah. and he was listening to them and implementing the things that they mm-hmm. needed. Mm-hmm. How terrible would it be to take notes and you can't, you don't know what you're even reading. Right. So when I think of building classroom culture, the first thing that in my mind that pops in is the progression, you know, in in T-tests from um, a teacher directed, almost compliance based Mm -hmm. classroom to a student led, truly engaged classroom. You don't make that progression by taking the lead in everything and only listen to listening to your own thoughts and needs. 
you make that that progression by inviting students in to take ownership yeah. and knowing that they're a full part of the classroom experience mm-hmm. and that can happen at any age. Something else I think about is we were talking about um, like culture. I'm going to say a little I like I think I made up a song. Ooh. I'm going to turn it into a rap. Okay. No, Where's I'm Benita? not. We need her in <laughs> I'm here. I'm just though. kidding. I'm not about to rap. <laughs> she makes songs. <laughs> so, um, culture happens whether you build it or not. So you better build the one you want or you'll end up with the one you got. Right? Ooh, I like, you like it. it. I'm going to got to remember that cuz it's true. But it makes me think of the lobster pot. The lobster pot. Tell me more. The lobster pot, you know? The metaphor of the lobsters? Is it the lobsters or crabs? I have no idea. I'm learning so, something new. Well, when you cook them, mm-hmm. like for real, when you cook lobsters or crabs, I'm not sure, one of the one of those with the claws, um, in the pot, they will literally fight each other to try to get out of the pot. Like, if one's almost out, another one will pull him down. Mm. They keep each other in the pot. They won't escape because they constantly pull each other down. So when I think of building classroom culture, if you're not intentional about it, you could have an environment where there's, you know, tension and, and, you know, discourse Mm -hmm. that's negative and it just turns, it turns ick. You know, yeah. you got to intentionally build relationships, connections, and stay on top of it. And you have to stay on top of it all year through dedicated time. Yeah. You were talking about putting in the time. I want to make a quick point. We're talking about students and teacher mm-hmm. culture and relationships. Let's real quick take like a, a bird's eye view and look at it a little different. What about when we're working on teacher teams? Mm-hmm. Because in a, in a school environment, yes, we're in our four walls, yeah. but we're also outside of our four walls, and we're collaborating with other professionals. We're in PLCs and planning yeah. together. There's a culture on that team, mm-hmm. too. And that also affects what goes on in the classroom, because yeah. if we're on a team together and we're having problems and we're not planning together and we're doing totally different things, mm-hmm. then the learning experience in the classes are going to be a lot different. I mean, I have known teachers who have switched grades and, you know, it was really hard for them to get in and understand the new curriculum and all that stuff. And if you don't have a team that's planning together, you're not going to be successful Mm -hmm. in your new position either. So let's just name some things. Rapid fire. Things we can do to build classroom culture. What are those small little things um, that build classroom culture that also meet students' basic needs? I'll start. I'm thinking three to one ratio of positive interactions. What yes. do you think? What's another one? Um, non-contingent attention. Okay, which feeds the ratio, right? Yeah. I'm thinking intermittent classroom celebrations. Oh, yes. Yes, I think it's so important to celebrate all of the great things you're doing, and mm-hmm. especially just like the last episode, we're talking about rules and expectations, those are being followed, like mm-hmm. really make a big celebration of that. Yeah, what's another one? We're doing rapid fire here. I, I don't like rapid fire. <laughs> I just can't. What about morning meetings? Opening yes. the dialogue to discuss and talk, yes. right? Morning meetings. What's another one? Discussions. I feel like my brain is all over the place. We were talking about you PLC, <laughs> and now we're back to classroom culture. Reflection. Reflection. Yes, absolutely. Reflect. Um, get feedback from your students. Get feedback from your from yourself yeah and and be honest like that's really the most important thing you can do is be mm-hmm. honest like hey I'm not really good at this and maybe that's a time where you find somebody who's really good at something mm-hmm. and you connect with them 
Yeah. And that's going to grow the culture. Maybe it's not even someone in your grade level. Yeah. Maybe it's somebody else. And that's going to grow the culture of your school. Mm-hmm. I think most of all, keep in mind, too, the, the um, equation for motivation. And whatever we say in this rapid fire mm-hmm. applies with students. It applies on your grade level or planning team, content team, whatever that may be. It also applies on the grander scope of school. That's why we have things like TAEs. Yeah. We want to celebrate each other and write each other, teachers achieving yes. excellence. Yes, write those. All of those things still apply, whether it's for students or for mm-hmm. each other on a campus. And I think the same responsibility still applies. We have a responsibility in our classroom to build the culture we want. We have the responsibility on our team to build the culture we want. And we solely have a responsibility on our campuses to build the culture we want. We're not victims of it. We build it ourselves. Exactly. And that is going to lead me into the culture of a campus and creating guidelines. I just want to also say oh, yes. that my expectancy for rap and fire is very low. <laughs> so uh, the motivation, we'll, we'll practice there. it. We'll <laughs> practice rapid fire. Okay. Okay. Before we talk about that, it's time for that interruptive thing I do. Ooh, yes. Quick check. If you made it this far in this podcast, which we hope you did, because this is probably my favorite episode one so far, even though it's number two. Um, We're only getting better. (laughs) Only getting better, and we have video. Email Denise Griffin the phrase. Smooth star. It's the same one as last time, so Mm -hmm. if you did it again, then you're good by now because these are two inaugural episodes, but next time it will be a new phrase, so get ready for it. But you'll you'll still email Denise smooth start for a prize. Mm, Let's talk real prize. I don't know. We'll have to see it. Oh, deserving dollars. Deserving dollars. Hello. I should have known that. Yes. Collect those. Collect them. Mm -hmm. If you need to know how to use deserving dollars, listen to our first podcast. Or write us a message. You can even be anonymous. Or ask our your student support services coach. Yep. Tell me more about the guidelines for success. Okay, so first we're gonna talk about an example that we always use from Rand Oaks High School. It's basically the values and characteristics that they expect their students to possess, to show, um, to live by. Okay. Um, so they have the grizzly growl okay. with his growth mindset, respect, ownership, work ethic, and leadership. But what I think what's special about the way that they um, use their, their guidelines for success is they build it into their campus culture. So I heard them talk about how even in the interview process, Mm -hmm. when they're interviewing new teachers or staff for the building, they bring up the guidelines for success and actually show the graphic and visual of the guidelines. And they ask the interviewee or the person who's interviewing Mm -hmm. to speak to how they live through these guidelines in their own life and how they'll plan to instill them in their students through their classroom culture. So boom, right there. They're taking what they value at the campus level Mm -hmm. and asking them, do you truly live and feel that this is important because this is what we do at Grand Oaks? Right. Do you do these things? Do you possess these traits? Are these important to you? Mm -hmm. Uh, Ways to live your life and present yourself. And, And I think it's great, too, that they use that when they're talking about discipline as well. Yes. Like, which guideline Mm -hmm. were you not following? Yeah, so they use it as a reflective tool Mm -hmm. after a a mishap has occurred, and they're able to better speak with the student on, like, life skills. How can we fix this up, and how can you become a more um, 
you know, a, a standing a, how, student. How, yeah. How can you better take ownership? Let's talk about that together. Yeah. It makes it more specific and concrete mm-hmm. to where they understand the alignment between what they're striving for and how to get there and then where they messed up along the way. Yeah. Assuming that it, it, it is a mistake, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I think that we have kind of worked through classroom culture yep. and we've kind of also worked through students and human basic needs from yep. the, the most basic foundational level of like Maslow's hierarchy to the mo- most complex level, you know, through like those social emotional needs. Yeah. Um, what are your final takeaways for today? What, what are your thoughts? Um, my final takeaway for today is that you sleep with your sheets tightly tucked in. I do. And I, you I should know don't. that about me. I like to keep my sheets tight. Isn't there a saying or something about tight sheets? I don't know, but I would love to find out. <laughs> we should make one up ourselves. We should. <laughs> um, no, um, I think that it's really important to reflect on the needs that we have and to also remember that students are humans that even though they're they're children or they're younger than us that they still have needs and wants and opinions and we should get to know them and try to understand them before we ever make an assumption about anything Mm -hmm. what about you i think my biggest takeaway is is simple it's ask people check Mm -hmm. in yeah that's it yeah is don't like you said don't make assumptions and Assume the best, but also know that there's things you're not going to be able to fix. Mm -hmm. But asking someone how they're doing and checking in, sometimes that's all someone needs. They don't need you to fix it. And sometimes students don't need you to fix it. They just want to be heard. Yep. Check in at every every level, your classroom, your team, your your campus. Yeah. It Um, all comes back around to, like you said, connections. Yeah. Yeah. Connections. Yeah. That's it. I love it. Okay. Well, if you haven't listened to our episode about what teachers do in the first days of school to set themselves up for success, check it out. Unfortunately for you, you won't be able to see our beautiful faces because we um, didn't have video on that one, but it's all right. Or our cups. Or our cups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but listen, it's still a good one. Next time, we will be discussing consistency and resiliency for you and your students. Remember, if you ever have an idea or a question about what you've heard here on this podcast, Feel free to ask your student support coach on your campus. Also, if you have a question but want to remain anonymous, you can always ask Sam. Sam's contact link and information can be found on our monthly student support services newsletter um, found through the TNL newsletters. All submissions on that Sam link are completely anonymous. There are not any, there's no such thing as a stupid question, so please, please ask. Um, And don't forget to CC Denise Griffin. When you forward this to a friend, you will earn deserving dollars as a social ambassador for student support services. You can support us by subscribe. I can never say that word. You're going to have to start saying that. Subscribing. Subscribing. So many syllables. Subscribing to our podcast and our newsletter. And also, um, everything that we talked about, if we talked about a form or anything like that, it will be linked in the show notes. <laughs> I love saying that. We have show notes. I feel so official. Cheers. Thank with you. our new cup. Cheers. Have a smooth start. <laughs>